you're listening to another episode of the Get The Shot podcast. Don't forget you can follow us on social media, on Instagram at Get The Shot Podcast and on Twitter at GTS underscore podcast. Fancy your one minute moment on the Get The Shot podcast? It's easy to send us a voice message. Just visit anchor.fm forward slash get the shot and click on the bit that says send a voice message. It's as easy as that. And now on with the podcast. Hi, welcome to Get The Shot Podcast. This is Phil Layton. Phil D. Layton. I'm a portrait photographer from Birmingham. And this is our episode of Get The Shot Podcast. About me, I think. It's about you. It's all about you. <laughs> Can I ask you a Thank question, you. Phil? What's your chosen subject? Because <laughs> you sounded like you was on the Mastermind show. Chosen <laughs> subject is Humphreys. annoyance. Ooh. <laughs> So yeah, hello everybody, uh, the rest of us here as well, we've your hosts Josh Deakin at Mr Josh Deakin. John Willis at J.R.E. Willis. And Billy at Beerpacked UK. Right. And we are talking to Phil Layton. Mr Phil Layton. Tell us about <laughs> yourself, Mama Ian. Uh, get in. Um, so we assume you're a photographer. <laughs> We're I assuming am. again. I am. I'm a portrait photographer. Do you like photography? I do. <laughs> I'm already kicking it off with a question. I do, I do it quite a bit. Um, what kind of photography? Portrait, portrait fashion. Um, used to do a bit more than fashion. Used to do sort of fancy fairy tale stuff. Nice, as you've seen. Yeah. 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 Did do landscapes. Did do street photography. And then I decided to focus on a niche. Nice. Ah. Being Which portrait. Po- yeah, yeah. And you do a lot of like location portrait stuff, I do. right? So location is my speciality. Nice. Um, but the last three months. Due to the cold weather, um, Ooh, I have been a bit more that. indoors. Winter is coming. I take indoor locations as opposed to studio. So yeah. I've done sort of apartment type stuff, sort of weird. You're making the most of the, the the forced inside time, I guess. Yes, yes, definitely. And I wanted Rather to than go to hibernation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to do a bit more, um, keep my skills honed up on the studio side as well, so that um, I just got. A repertoire that I can get onto and get my images out as, as I sort of planned and there's quite a lot of I wanted to get a bit more contrast in my images so I've sort of changed my lighting a little bit now so not as bright as they used to be okay some sort of and you use as I would know because we have shot together before oh. did a we did we <laughs> <laughs> he has he has moaned at we me did. it's been we a did. while they're very good shoes. but i know I that you them. use um you obviously use uh, lighting as well uh, on top of your yes. location stuff which a lot of people avoid or you know are too scared to try i think a lot of That's people really like a lot of location photographers do portrait stuff i mean including me i really like using natural light but you did open my eyes to using um different kind of light do you want to talk a bit about why are you using different kind of light? I just use, I use the light mm. because when I shoot, I can't always choose when I shoot mm. in terms of how the weather's going to be, where the sun's going to be, etc. So, so I can't remember who said it to me, but someone said you've got to have catch lights in the eyes, and got, the eyes got to be pin sharp to make a portrait. Mm. And I, that's I do just agree to a, d- to a degree with that. Like, obviously, it's not just yeah. the eyes, but the so eyes are very important. Yeah, yeah. So it's just sort of stuck with me. If you're shooting on a really sunny day. Then and you're not using lights and you want a backlight the subject, then 
you need something from the front because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to have a white sky, which uh, I can't handle. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <my> OCD. <laughs> um, I want a blue sky if it's blue. Um, if there's no colour in the sky, I, I will change the direction of where I'm shooting. Um, but generally is to not make sure you don't get the bags underneath the eyes and all that sort of stuff. You know, mm. you make eyes, as people call it. We need, those. Um, we need those. So that's why I'll, I'll backlight from the subject if the sun's there. Light from the front. Mm. Get that image. If sometimes when I do my woodland stuff, the sun always doesn't get through the trees. So I will probably use two lights there, create a bit of a sun effect. Light, yeah. mm-hmm. May use the gel, mm-hmm. yellow, orange. Just to give that a little bit of get some a bit of glow, like some halos. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we've got sort of a list of questions, and we've sort of touched on some already. But I think if we sort of work our way through, mm. then that's actually quite a nice way to. To be fair, we did start sure we quite wholesome. Them. Actually, I think that your the way the way you described it, like you didn't rush mm. it, which is which for for all intents and purposes, like allowed your message to come across a bit more to me. Like, and I and I think that kind of comes down to just uh, understanding people's niche in photography. And obviously, I'm, as, as you are a portrait photographer, and I've honed that niche a bit more now. But yeah. wh- the way you were talking about lighting, you sold it to me, which is great. So I think for people who are on the fence with lighting, even like myself, as someone who's obviously doing this podcast, um, I appreciate that. So uh, thank yeah. you for jumping into that thing early on, actually, because that is something that brings portrait photography a lot more out there when you're struggling to be obviously on the streets. Okay, good. Glad yeah. you all right that's cool so starting off then um i suppose it's one of the questions that i ask quite frequently to a lot of people that i meet and sort of discuss with um one of the things i say is do you see yourself as like a hobbyist photographer semi-pro or aspiring pro in that sense because obviously you have a day job as well yep i do i do um very difficult one to answer that is um (laughs) I think it's hard to uh, call yourself something, isn't it? <laughs> I think other people call well, it, you know. Yeah, I mean... So to me, a pro would be someone that makes the majority of their living and yeah, income so from not, that's not me. No. photography. So I'd possibly say semi-pro, because um, I do and can get paid for it. Um, but also, I think... I'm a little bit beyond the hobbyist because I do it so much. I think you do it. Money. I think you do it really well as well. That's the thing. Thank you. When you spend Appreciate the money that. that you do, I think I think it's almost like kind of rude to say to yourself that you're just a hobbyist at that point. Mm. Like you've got to be. I think that there can be a sort of hybrid of hobby pro because you can be a pro within the hobbyist sort of scene. Like you don't have to be making loads of money to be yeah. a pro. Just obviously not within that full pretext, I guess. I, th- I think. I sort of define it that I'm always looking to improve myself mm. and my images all the time. And that means improving everything where I can. So I'm nitpicking now. So I'll get down to, um, I'm slightly changing my editing style. Um, I use actions and things like that in Photoshop to speed up my editing process. Oh, okay. It's all a workflow now. So when I'm on shoots, I, I change to Sony so that I could get the eye or to focus. That was to speed up my shooting and also get more shots in focus around the eye because I used mm-hmm. to be seventy five percent. Did a few things, got up to about eighty five percent of images. Now I'm probably ninety five, ninety eight percent. So that for me is sort of bit of a game changer. And yeah, and that's all those bits. I'm not saying you have to go out and buy all that gear just to do that, but I'm at the point where I've gone and I, I can recognise that 
I need to do something else to get to the next step or I suppose it's um that's just I mean that's just the, the term sort of thing. The term that a lot of athletes <coughs> use for this sort of stuff is like it's marginal gains, isn't yes, it? Yeah, yeah. It's the that's it's it, the yeah. it's the tiny bits that you can yeah. do that make a big difference over a long period of time. Mm, and definitely. if you've already honed quite a lot of the skill set, you're just refining yeah. the little bits. Yes. And that really, really helps as you're yep. going through. So, Definitely. it's what a okay. lot of people try and use as like it's using it right the type of marginal stuff because there are people who go, "Oh, I need this latest thing," but actually, like you, it really depends on. It doesn't have to be a new thing to make it marginal. It just has to be something that complements the setup. Mm. Whether yeah. it's you know, it's something that will take you up another step or yeah. take you a few steps up so that you can reach. Let's say like you buy something that's going to help you progress twelve months down the line, and you you're aiming to get to that point. So like if you buy, let's say you bought a new piece of lighting equipment and you bought it outright that you knew you was going to be learning it for a longer period of time, I guess. Mm. You you prefer to probably learn it over that longer period of time rather than rush into it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, it's, makes it's, it better. Yeah, I mean, it's not just about the gear and the process. Oh, gosh, yeah, it. yeah. It's, it's when you're on the shoot and you're with the model, the subject, whatever you're taking pictures of, you know, it's the little things of, you know, someone might have their, their coat open and mm. there's a label. And it's either hide it or you edit it out or, you know, you're checking around mm, the camera, checking mm. all the corners before you take the shot now. So that's something I I do now all the time, just sort of check around before I take the image. I take less images than I used to. you got that spotty sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hair bands, if you're shooting Ooh, yeah, women. Yeah. Um, that happened the other day, actually. I didn't notice it. Earrings is another but, one um, I noticed recently. Just things like that that you've got to watch on, you know, unless you're doing something like that ask them to be removed you know just little stuff like that now that you just come second nature and you only learn that as you go yeah. through and do more shoots so it I is interesting i've found um the more that i shoot actually the less shots that i take on a shoot now you get I'm, more confident of getting I'm, the right shot. well yeah and i think it's just the fact of yeah. when you when you get I don't want to. It sounds really cheesy. When you become one with the gear that you're shooting with, <laughs> to become one, <laughs> you, you are you, you, you understand what the gear is going to do for you. Particularly if you're in like studio and stuff, um, mm. and it's really predictable light. You just walk up. You know what settings you want. Yeah. You know what's going to give you the look you want. The lighting. I know. Um, we'll get onto gear in a minute, but like I know you've used uh, a few brands of light where I've when I've seen you, I've been like, ooh, and, I, and I've you know it's sort of, it's gear that I've looked at. But never really chose to invest mm. in at the mm. moment. But it gets again, your eyebrow raised. It's those marginal gains, yeah. you know. If at some point I decide, oh, actually, that gear might be quite nice. Can I justify spending the money on it? Well, at the minute, maybe not for me. But mm. I did move, for example, like from crop to full frame. Yeah. And I will definitely say that the images are way like they are. You can just hear it in those better. few syllables. <laughs> well, they are. They're <laughs> they just way yeah, better. Yeah, they are, um, definitely. There's nothing wrong with crop sensor shooting oh, no, no. by any stretch, but. I'm just finding that if I shoot something and I don't have to worry about cropping in on stuff, like, I'm like, it's fine. You can make a really good image, even if you crop in on just like the face. Mm. It's so sharp. And I autofocus, mm. which isn't exclusive to Sony now. No, like, no, it's not. You know, Fuji and stuff have got it, but it's... And Canon. Know, and Canon. Depends right. on how much money you spend, of course. <laughs> but yeah. Canon like to put the, 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 best pro the best features on the most highest price cameras, of course. Yeah. That's their okay. problem. Josh, do you, want to, uh, do you want to lead in with your first question? Yeah, so um, the problem with my question is it I, I couldn't help but like kind of interlink the two questions. Uh, well, so let's you, go with it. You could call it a bit of a fusion one. So uh, where did you get your passion for photography? And the kind of question that comes around to that is when did you pick up your first camera? Because obviously you, you get your passion from when you decide to pick up a camera. So 
I don't know, however you want to answer it, like whether you've got a phone or you've got a DSLR. How, just let's get started. I had a camera before phones, mate. Okay. <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting Back that. To be fair, that was, <laughs> I felt that was quite savage, but Back we'll, in we'll, the we'll day. pass no, on that. Sorry, one. mate. When flip up phones are around, but cameras are around. Bit don't hurt. No. Um, oh. I'd say my wife at, at the time was my girlfriend. Mm. She bought me um, Canon little camera for christmas it was a film camera so that's how old i am um (laughs) and she used to always like having pictures taken so when we used to go on holiday we were taking pictures or 35 pictures Mm. (laughs) of which which probably (laughs) two were any good um it's all about learning though and uh, and i just sort of like looking at them and i don't know they seemed a little bit different to most people's and and then i think it was god might have been two th- that, yeah, 2005, September 2005. Well, I remember that. I'm not sure. but um, I was still a fetus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joking, I'm older than that. Um, <laughs> so 2005, we went to have a weekend away in Amsterdam. And I bought a little Canon. It was, it was literally the digital version of the film camera that I had. So it was Canon oh, okay. again. And it's first digital. I know it's five megapixels, whatever it was. And oh, took wow. it on don't, don't use all those <laughs> at <Yeah>. once. <laughs> five megapixels. <laughs> Just started to take pictures and thought, oh, I can take more than 35 now. This is this is quite cool. And you got instant image. You can see it on the back of the camera. And you mm-hmm. thought, oh, yeah, these, these mm-hmm. colours look really nice. And It's a real techie moment, isn't it? It's it's, it just makes you feel really. so happy. It's quite yeah. interesting because um, you're talking about, obviously, the transition from film to digital. So I kind of remember that as well because I remember when I was at um, school and going into sixth form and stuff like that, and I had film cameras. And as I had those film cameras they weren't actually to be honest at the time film photography was relatively cheap because like people like triple print bonus print all those people you could have your your six befores processed delivered back to you posted back to your house for not that much money now film processing is dearer Mm. and obviously people have gone the Mm. other way now so there are digital natives as microsoft would call them uh Mm. those digital natives have only ever known digital um like billy uh in terms of in your era and then what's happened is you're now transitioning a lot of them back over to the film side of going i really like this this retro my little like, sister uses like the vinyl um, stuff. disposable film cameras oh, like she goes to party. she's 16 mm, yeah. so it's like a big thing like for her birthday i got a oh you know, i see um, like a, a proper like wind on wind yeah. on yeah. you know it's really popular for 16 year olds apparently we, well yeah. we actually did that for our wedding we've got disposable oh, cameras so put it on, put the on the tables yeah. That's what my my mom and dad did as well. That's yeah. very cool. I think I think the best way to discover to kind of encompass this is now like it's it's like you said digital natives, but I think like it's almost like a sort of uh, reimagining of the the old tech, like the different things that people do with them. Like I, I saw a video yesterday of uh, a YouTuber that was going on a cruise for a company, and they've got each uh, creator that comes on the ship have uh, on the back wall of their room they're taking Polaroids at each stage of the cruise, so okay. they're only doing one eighth of the cruise, but it's a world cruise, so there's going to be at least another five or six people on board after. So they'll have a whole wall of Polaroids, which then they'll encompass into one big Polaroid photo, which I think is wow. it's amazing. I really want to get into Polaroid photography again. It's like the, uh, it's like the Bartley photo wall. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, All the Casey Neistat wall. The problem, the problem, right, with Polaroid stuff, and this is the issue that I think I've got with Polaroid, mm. generally, I'll put it out there, the colours are pretty crap um, but i don't think it's always about the colors i think it's uh, about that retro yeah style that, but like, then doesn't but then really what i've done put you off what i've done since you see is i've printed digital prints as polaroids oh, okay and they you actually get all the benefits them, yeah. of having a sharp image and stuff and i know there's a certain 
characteristic. Yeah, the characteristic of a Polaroid or an Instax or whatever. But actually, for me, it's more the fact that I quite like the fact that if you have a section at the bottom that you can scribble on with a Sharpie and put where <laughs> it was or whatever it was and then stick it on a frame or pin it up with pegs and lights or whatever it is you want to do mm. and do all that sort of stuff. It looks quite nice. But then the problem that I think you've got with the Polaroids is you're now on it about probably, it's got to be nearly a pound a shot yeah. on a Polaroid camera now. It's not cheap anymore. That's so expensive. Like a, a 10 exposure film. Well, is, that just shows you, isn't it? Like, it's it just about sh- a shows you, it's, you know, like with currencies, it's, it's the appreciation, the amount, the amount of use it gets. Like, yeah. it's cra- it is well, crazy. Black and white film. I mean, you, I've, when you started taking on film cameras, um, they weren't black and white. I'm not that old, mate. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but now you see, black and white is making a resurgence yes, on film. Yes, yes. Black and white film has gone from when I, even when I first started doing black and white self development about, I don't know, six, seven years ago, maybe. And I was paying about three pound for some Ilford HP five. It's like six pound a roll now, it, because the price of silver has gone up so much, and they're not making much film comparatively. Yeah, yeah. So what's happened is you've got this huge rise mm. in price. Some things were just better back in the day because everything was was made so yeah, cheaply. Nowadays, right. it's because because how how much things have. I guess you say society's become more structured in the in the fact that like everything has to appreciate in price just because. And I'm sure there's reason behind it, but I think well, it's, it's just because supply and demand is mind the plant, mind the plant supply. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I can't say those so, words. did taking pictures of your wife get you into doing like the portrait? No, stuff? no, no, no. That that didn't. To be fair, uh-huh. that's, that's just surprise, that was surprise. holiday stuff. Yeah. Purely, we used to go on holiday. Yeah. Or we used to go out and just sort of documenting s- your yeah, travels. Just that's sort sweet. of taking, you know, just before we went it's out. Like, how did you to like, dress get up to and do people? That's uh, my dad bought me. Um, a, wor- a workshop ticket to go, and I did sports photography. Oh, nice! Oh, um, okay. oh no, it's probably about That's 2012. Fast, you know. 20, yeah. Oh, not 2012. Was that just like that. before or after the Olympics sort of time? Because that was 2012, wasn't it? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just went. I, I don't know. know. I just went. Um, and and that's it. Just sort of happened from there, I suppose. That just doing that sports photography, I will mention his name because he's a good guy, um, Tom Flathers at the time, he was a student at um, um, Birmingham Uni, I hope I got that right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, he was only 20, wherever it was at the time, but he'd done sports photography and he was running a workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, so just sort of learned from there. Um, he now He's now the sports photographer, second sports photographer for Man City now. So oh, he's wow. doing, oh, wow. doing pretty well. Doing pretty well, but um, coming soon to the Get the Shot podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he um, that I just learned from there, and I, th- I think then that just gave me a little bit of like, ah, I like that. I mm. do. I was, used to do street stuff and walk around, and take pictures, and do architecture and stuff. But then I don't know. S- s- I just liked the Something interaction with people. Yeah, yeah the interaction with people. Right. I always get on with everyone, and it was just quite cool. That's and it for me, literally. Like, and he had some nice familiar, gear that I was using, so it was pretty cool. Um, but then I did some more workshops um, after. I sort of thought, well, I'm quite good at this, so I'll try and carry it on. So I did sort of every other three, four months or something, go to a workshop, you know, a bit like what stuff you've done, that Billy, um, in studio and things like that. And um, there's a guy called David Ran. He used to um, uh. do a lot of workshops. Um, and I sort of joined his club. Oh, so he did, did like studio workshops. Yeah, yes. somebody, yes, yes, somebody yes. I, uh, somebody yeah. I worked with. He did. Um, wasn't he part of? Was it Reclaim Festival and stuff like that? He was involved in as well, like Not looking sure. at like development Not of sure. Birmingham and stuff. Might have been. I know he's definitely done some stuff. He's had yeah. some 
some stuff. He's quite heavily involved in the Birmingham scene, isn't he? Yeah, but he's in the Telson building. He's got his own strange down studio. <laughs> oh, I might um, have bumped in. But, <laughs> but yeah, no. I spent um, a lot of time in that building. <clears throat> and I think from there, I used to do that and I used to just love it. And I used to love seeing the other photographers as well. Um getting you know a bit like the networking thing it was your know. it was your high you you, you, you yeah, just yeah. felt you just felt yeah. uh, felt like nothing else mattered at that point you were just enjoying it because, yeah because that's pretty what, much that's what it pretty, pretty much is. Much. it brings joy to and, you and then you sort of do it a bit more and then one day i thought i can't keep paying for this so yeah. um, <laughs> it's gonna so start me some money <laughs> my <Yeah>. current complex <laughs> and i just thought i can do it on my own i know a few people now and i've got my gear and yeah you're ready to go alone. you don't need and the hand holding no more yeah yeah and then i just sort of did it Oh, that's nice. Fair there. play, fair that play. Is nice. But it was focusing on the niche because usually most people when they start photography, they'll be generalist and they'll just do learn, try and learn whatever, mm. Mm. and then they'll naturally sink into something that they Fits love them, and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. So Unless you're me, and I just can't make me mind up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, I guess you're a, you're a different. I guess you could say a different sort of animal to kind Dr- of examine. Drink of all trades, must different animal. <laughs> <laughs> To be, yeah. to, to, to be fair though, you did sell me in the car earlier that you went and just stopped on the way. Somewhere. I did randomly on the way home just get out the car, stuck the hazards on, and got out and started taking some photos. <laughs> on the way. That is something I appreciate. No, it was um, it was I think it was just really cool lighting of a building, oh, okay. and um, there's like a giant metal ball that was in front of me. I was oh, like, okay, this looks cool. flipping awesome. You don't need your lens lens ball at that time. No. <laughs> uh, all right, so Billy, your first question. I think what um what we've spoke about before as well is I'm very interested in like how you scout locations I'm the type of person that's very like I'm just going to go to the jewelry quarter and walk around and hope for the best and they usually I mean if you look at my photos realistically I'm usually shooting in exactly the same place as I was with the model before but no, you're quite that. original with it like you took me to some cool places sketchy Cool places. <laughs> hey, ske- sketchy is that, what, that just kind of cool. We, down country lanes. we didn't, yeah, we didn't die. So, so, so just for the, everyone's nah, in there, nah, you can't sketchy. do country lanes. I'm just not country human. I'm you can't Erdington. do country lanes. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just an Erdington. I, I don't know what the field is. You're basically just we, a we went, scale. we went to uh, Rapeseed, the yellow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it Rapeseed as well? To so be fair, blue bells as well. Yeah. So Rapeseed Fields, quite an interesting backstory here. Is I thought, oh, do you know what? Do a lovely portrait of my daughter stood in the middle of all this rapeseed, right? I thought this would be, this would be really now. pretty. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right up, yeah. you know, sort of to the yeah. height of it. I mean, now only be halfway <clears> up, <throat> but like, I thought it'd be amazing. Anyway, found this field in the middle of Bridge North <laughs> or something, I don't know. And uh, driving down the road, and I was like, there, like, pulled over, screeched for a halt. I said to my wife, I was like, right, just give me a sec, pass the child over the gate you know what I mean like and I'm like and it's, you made it sound like, so much more civil you can't civil. just like randomly go in a, in a farmer's field yeah, I was I like can. oh watch me like, I was like you know <laughs> he's not here like, John so, the rebel didn't tread on anything you know p- positioned her in she turns out she's got A fever wasn't a good experience Aww, so she, she you know we got the shot so we got the shot so um yeah, yeah and it's i was cute. interested in just like obviously you know you do some you do a bit of a drive round and you have a look around don't you like, I, do. Not like me. I haven't done it for a while but <laughs> I, I yeah i suppose i want to be there at some probably point, 2018 i think when i was probably this time 2018 mm. sort of thinking well i want to do this shot i want to do that shot um podcast you know. Yeah, get a shot podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, listen to it. Um, and I thought, well, 
I need some location, so a little bit of Google mapping and all that sort of stuff, and then, yeah, jumping in the car and driving around. That's do research on when certain things are going to be around. So yeah. rapeseed's clearly not going to be here now. Um, lavender fields, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, you've got to find out when. And then, like, sunset <coughs> times and sunrise yeah, times. Yeah, you can. Can you? Yeah. Can do that. Yeah. If you want to go yeah, that extra I, d- I keep an eye on these things if I'm yeah. using natural light, but like, yeah. obviously it's not too much of a a deal for you because you've got, got your other lights so yeah. it's not going to kill you <laughs> yeah but it's <laughs> always better I'd prefer stuff. having the natural though yeah um, I feel like and then we did the Birmingham fountain we did I like it a location. the fountain is in oh, it. oh it was in the uh, centenary square it's only been open like two weeks yeah yeah it was proper fresh they've got things on it now but I don't know if they're down it there's probably Christmas people bathing gone, in it now. Do, you know, do you know something though I, I, I worked out something you know how they did at the Olympics they had those massive holes where the chimneys came out of for the 2012 Olympics well they've done something he loves s- the Olympics no, but they've done something similar down here like because where the ice rink was there was uh, there's, there's holes in the ground for poles to go in that are basically lights so they can actually put take them in and out for events which I think is very clever they've actually made it for, for more future proof because mm. okay. let's be honest the old square there was pretty decrepit for years mm. wasn't it decrepit and I mean that's why the reason why the ice rink took so long to come back, and now it's much better and bigger. But they they had poles that can just go slot in, and they've got power lines which are all obviously insulated for the obviously the weather and everything, and they can cap them over. But they slot in like almost like a sort of um, what's that like a I forget what the word is, you know when you like you can put all things modular. It's basically a modular system. <laughs> And that whole area there, there was designed... <laughs> and they did that. According to... Some, I don't know if it's true or not, but someone I know who works in the library said that they was going for a more aesthetically pleasing, obviously, in, in mm. retrospect, the sort of... Flat. Space. Flat, yes. Yeah. But they wanted something that people would appreciate more and want to take more photos of, essentially. Because mm. obviously you've got that big open space yeah, yeah. in the middle yeah, where yeah. the library goes in. Yeah, yeah. And obviously I'm you guys I'm surprised you could tell that. you that. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. It's pretty... I'm surprised you could tell you, Josh. So you guys... <laughs> Well, you guys basically took heed in the first two weeks, so you Did. proved you proved the point it worked. Well, that, was, that was Billy's call, not mine. It was well, fair play to you, Billy. Fair play. So that's that goes in my little location list, Bing, yeah. and then you Bing. just build them up. Yeah, exactly. And then I've got location for models, got location for photographers as well. So that's just sort of you build it all up, and then you put it in your sat nav, and it's there. Yeah, it's quite useful. Um, I think it's... Uh, your sat must be really weird. <laughs> so many different random postcodes and addresses. Yeah, there is. Well, there is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It is like that. Where did you go here? Well, yeah. I can't say that. So, yeah, so definitely um, it's it's kind of useful, I think, isn't it, when we scout. Um, and that kind of... I've done the same because I do a lot of like location-based portraits mm. um, in terms of I, I like natural light outdoors. Mm. And that natural light outdoor outdoors is is useful if you can pre-scout but then the big problem and i suppose this is where your lights help and stuff like that is that i can't guarantee the light's going to be good exactly and i can turn up and i did do one shoot and it was pissing down with rain right and i was like do i cancel and to be fair the model uh, who i'd worked with before trinity um she was like no no we can use the rain i was like okay but you're gonna get drowned like this you know and it's cold like it is and your camera can get wet cameras wet (laughs) once bothered about the camera because it's it was Metal construction, yeah. Relatively weather sealed. Yeah. Of. Yeah. Sony's on <laughs> exactly. Yeah, weather sealed. Well, the battery hasn't got a gasket around it, so I'm not Whoops. entirely sure. You wouldn't want to put it in a puddle, would you? But and I would um, be more concerned about. I would be less more concerned about mine because I think when I had the cheaper 1200D, I was probably a bit more scared because it was very 
rickety and there was scratching well, that was more so on it. Yeah, but if to be honest, like a lot of cameras, they're not properly weather sealed anyway, mm. to be honest. Mm. You have to, my you, lenses you aren't, but my actual camera body is it's sealed. Weather-sealed. And to be fair, I have put it through the ringer and it's not a problem. Yeah, mm. most lenses, to be fair, I mean, a lot of the Sony lenses that I shoot with and the Tamron lenses, they've got rubber gaskets. Mm. So they I do seal need to be on these the body, days, but it's, the, it's all the other stuff, like you push the button down, yeah. you let water in, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so scouting's definitely useful. Um, you obviously you you're quite partial to a car park shoot. <laughs> yeah, that was that was mainly because I was learning how to use my Sony. Really, and uh, I suppose this colours. time last year between Feb March, I did a whole load of shoots because I was learning the camera. Mm. So I did loads of shoots for that, and I think that's what just sort of took off. But um, all right, yeah. So I, I do. That's, that's that's pretty good. So I think we'll do one more question before we go to a break. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about gear, maybe. Mm-hmm. Of course. Is that all right? All about the gear. Yeah. All about the gear. Yeah, I'm just looking to Billy, Billy for. Uh, Billy's ready for no, that. I just looking meant, like, are we breaking? I wasn't well, we like, will, we will. demanding a break. We will because we don't. Like we don't want. Water, we don't want another Ross incident where everyone thinks that we're on a break. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> we're not on a break. Oh yeah. Oh, we did. did. We didn't. I re- did. literally did not know. Me and Billy literally didn't say. Anyway, they were just going on for a minute. Then he just carried on. Yeah. Well, we're not currently on a break, so let's keep going. So my question to Phil before we go before we go to a break is the main gear so i don't need every single thing that you use although but we'll accept it the sorry main, i needed water I needed the main it. I gear. Said i needed a break water <laughs> so the main gear that you shoot with so maybe your body the main lenses you use any lighting equipment that sort of stuff i have a camera i have a lens i have a light That's stand so exciting. And lights. you gotta okay. tell us like more than bit that. more specific <laughs> i currently use a sony a7 III for most of my stuff i do have canon and Canon lenses. Um, You're not a hater as well. I'm not a hater. You're I love Canon. I love Canon for a long time. Them. Equal Rude. love. The only thing I went to Sony is because the eye autofocus. I've, I would like, I was saying, I, I um, the Sony A7, like back when I was at the photography show, I was very interested. Mm. It would it would turn me, but I don't have money like that. Sorry. I think it's actually the A7 III. I mean, it's all relative. I think it's bloody good value mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. that uh, was the one i was looking at it's even more good value if you um if you buy it as a gray import because uh, <laughs> i don't know anyone that's going to pay here, though, a third more than mm-hmm. they need to when people say it's good value that's normally their opinion most of the time so yeah. you have to look at it in retrospective like for me paying I, 400 pounds was got, pretty good yeah for my got, camera. The, got the comparison so i've i've had canon 400d mm-hmm. canon 7d Canon 5D Mark III. Nice. Bought all the lenses for it. Um, and then... Realised it was terrible. No, <laughs> no. Not at all. Canon not 5D. At all. I needed, trying to find the flaws. It, it could it have been, it could have been any mirrorless. It didn't matter. I, I wanted it just to go, to I wanted to go stay with Canon. And I wanted to get Canon R. When they released it, it wasn't... Based on my research that it did, wasn't as good as the mm. Sony IO Focus. And mm. they were more advanced in the mirrorless world. I I got a Canon M, which is mirrorless. Yeah, the M50. Just an M. Just an M. Just an M. The the very bog standard first one. Um, So you've got a lot of Canon. I got a lot of cameras. He's got a lot of cameras. And that's for me, it was a big thing to trying to change. So you yeah. got a little cupboard for it. Like a shrine. That's a beautiful little cupboard. I probably I've got a quite. No, they're all in boxes. I need to sell it all, but. Oh. If well, anybody's no. looking for any so outdated cannon gear. Surely all about that raw I will take that Canon 5D free no matter what age. I don't mind. I've already said this before when we did the gear episode. I think you must have listened to this. I don't care what people shoot on. 
honestly, I know I jokingly hate Canon, like, but actually, like, yeah, I don't, I don't mind. Like, at the end of the day, more for me, more than anything else, is I don't care what brand of mirrorless you use, but to me, if you're buying a new camera in this day and age, I can't see why anyone would want to buy a digital SLR now. Mm. I think too too big. What was happening? I I had the Canon 5D and my 70 to 200, which I love. And it's a beautiful lens, to be fair. It is. It's heavy. Yeah. Three and a half kilos, all that Jeez. with a battery grip. Yeah. I, I was walking around. Battery grip as well, yeah. It's your neck, isn't it? Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where gear is an interesting, it's subjective, as we know. Everyone believes that the gear that they've spent copious amounts of money on is worth the money because yeah. you feel like you've, to be honest, you've got to justify why you've spent half your life savings on it. But yeah. the the fact is, you is that, your kidneys. you know, it's, it is, <laughs> it is one of those things where, if it helps you get the shot you want and you feel confident using the gear, I don't think it matters what you use. Yeah, really. no, I agree. You know, Fair play. Um, so Everyone's yeah, so got their own. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we've we've had the big debate before about mirrorless and and digital SLR, and you know, I think most people I speak mm. to now, if they're not new necessarily to photography, I think that's probably not the right term. But if I was asked to recommend a camera to someone, you know, their first serious camera. Um, then I would wholeheartedly suggest mirrorless because mm. for me the benefits are that like I mean you shoot for example Josh you mm. do live view yeah. loads mm. so you're effectively mm. using a mirrorless camera yeah. anyway yeah. that's a good point so yeah. you know although although you don't want to you, you perhaps don't see the benefit of switching because I've already just spent that money not long yeah, ago yeah yeah but so actually not, I'm not ready to do it yet <laughs> yeah but actually by flipping the mirror up and going in live view and you probably do the same as well to a certain extent I do do the yeah so you, you're not using the mirror. Mm. But what you what you sacrificing? Money wasn't an option. I'm the same as Josh. I know. I, d- yeah. I feel like when you've just bought a camera, and I did a lot of research into the camera, and we're thinking when you just bought one, I just I'm literally just getting lenses right now. Leave me to get my lenses. Yeah, yeah. Lens, I, can't I, leave I would Canon I would now. say though that other people have said it is that the lens the class is in the glass, and definitely, oh, definitely. it's cliche saying it, but definitely you learn that, but you have to have gone through yeah. having a kit lens. Well, yeah. some of the kit lenses are amazing as well, but mm. you know you have to go through that process yeah there is a risk of course and this is the problem that i found so when i switched i switched from um nikon to sony about five years ago and uh i moved from a seven d7000 across uh, crop sensor 20 ish megapixels something like that uh which yeah it was a good camera uh, dual card slots decent autofocus at the time quite quick uh really nice didn't have mm. a flip out screen stuff because nikon just well, for whatever reason, just decided they didn't. To be like fair, they're, they're as rebellious as Canon for quite a while. Well, that's all right. They won't be around much longer. Um, so, <laughs> um, such a bitch. Oh, they won't be. Have oh. you seen their sales figures? They won't be around. Oh for no, much they're longer. struggling. They are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I moved over from uh, Nikon digital SLR, moved over to a crop sensor Sony A6000, um, and then progressed really and moved up to a A6500. And to be honest, in hindsight, I probably should have just gone full frame immediately. But Anyway, add that for about six months and went, oh, Made I've decision. bought loads of lenses for a crop sensor body. And, uh, so, you were so and far that's in. the thing is that I sold all my Nikon gear. Mm. I sold. And mm. actually, if I'd known, if I'd realized early on that I was going to go mirrorless and I was going to go Sony, I wouldn't have had to ship brand. I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have had to move brand. And that was probably my most expensive thing that I did. Because moving yeah. from Nikon, you, you know... It's hindsight, though, isn't it? You it is hindsight. It, and, gotta, I, and I didn't know, you like know you say, time, you? We, I didn't know that Sony were going to do this kick-ass eye autofocus and the autofocus was going to be 450 points of phase detection autofocus that never misses focus. And I think the best way to encompass it is it goes without saying with a, with a lot of 
technology gear is that once you've bought something there's always something just behind it and, oh, yeah, and, oh, and, yeah, you, and then yeah. you you yeah. feel like you've made yourself obsolete immediately and then you 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 scrap to kind of trying to back up your brand that you're sticking with yeah yeah and it, to do you do that with a lot of heavy heart in you it does and it, and I'll be honest like if I uh, maybe not so much with my current camera but even if I decided to actually have gone with like maybe an A6300 to start with rather than going straight to Canon because I did actually get hello someone's outside <laughs> it's the FBI or the police I don't know, uh, <laughs> don't know what looking I'm for Josh there. apparently he's just taking your car Billy my <laughs> <laughs> yeah. car voxels are gone shouldn't have got a Corsa <laughs> just not got a, a bumper on it now <laughs> <laughs> staying here staying with, staying with the point oh, it's the it, the it's just I feel like I pro- in hindsight I feel like even though I don't talk about regret as such a being such a big thing and everyone should obviously respect the fact that like, everyone has different views on it. But I feel like I could have probably joined Sony earlier on because I joined Canon, um, bought a Canon camera at the same time that the mirrorless series of cameras were coming in. And sort of established, weren't they? They were just past the terrible stage, as you would have, encomp- I guess, mentioned it as when we were talking about it and previously, like, you know, the battery was terrible. Mm. The screen, the menus were terrible. I mean, they're still terrible now, obviously. Um, and that's from you, at least. Yeah, I mean, I'll say the Sony menus, and I know Phil, you agree with this. That the Shocking. Sony menus are <laughs> terrible. I have through. to say, um, I've shot on a couple of Fujis in the last fortnight, and their menu system is good. Surprisingly, <laughs> it's good. properly simple. Like it's there's none of this sub menus and down and scrolling off the screen and not getting to it. And, and this they is have. Sony who makes the PlayStation. Surprisingly. Yeah, yeah, but the Fuji stuff is good, and I'm sure the Canon stuff is probably okay. I mean, I haven't mm. used one. If I shoot with a, a Canon mirrorless, uh, if anyone wants to lend me one, um, I think it would be a good experience <laughs> for you to to at least join the Canon camp for at least a day. Yeah, I just got to find Maybe someone that'll epi- give me. I don't want. That's an I don't want to talk about. Crappy bottom end mirrorless though. I want like a full oh, frame. No, 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 no. RP. Yeah, we with, need with somebody nice at Wex. So. Someone at Wex listening. Yeah, so anybody that <laughs> works in a camera shop that's willing to lend me one for a you know, fortnight or something, <laughs> and I can, try it. I sure. Can, you know, Let's try and sort something. So we know your camera bodies. What yeah. about so lenses? lighting what uh, lenses? lenses. Um, Go to lens. They are mostly Canon. Um, oh, adapted glass. Okay. I have ah. got yeah Metabones for the um, Sony. No regrets. Okay. Fair play. Fair five. And, ha- and how do you find that? Because um, obviously one of the my fifty mil Canon. Is a dream with it. Um, is that a one four? One eight. One eight. Yes, one eight. Um, I've got a eight five one eight as well. Mm. But it's a, I know it's a little bit of quality difference, but that was the same with the Canon. To be fair, my seventy two hundred. I have to change the settings on the Metabones adapter, and I have to change the eye focus to be automatic or single shot. Doesn't okay. do continuous doesn't do very continuous. well, and I love that lens. So I'm like, mm. you're not leaving it behind. Have you have you contemplated? <coughs> obviously, you're using adapted glass, and I'm but presuming I've, you're using adapted bought, glass. I've just, I got not long ago, twenty eight seventy five Tamron. Oh. Okay, I've got so the same. I've got the same lens, and that is just very ace. sharp. That's ace. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Um, then releasing. I've hardly a, taken it off since I bought it. Yeah, they're releasing a seventy five two ten. Imminently, okay. okay. Two eight, okay. Uh, under six hundred, I think pounds. Wow. So have to wait for the ruse and that. Yeah, it'll be good. <laughs> yeah. It'll be good. I've got the seventeen twenty eight Tamron. Yeah. So that matches the bottom end, so wide to you know, 
you get a bit of an idea already. Ultra wide down to yeah, so it's very good and that's sharp. It's very difficult to mess So you got your Tamron. Is that your sort of your walk around lens, portrait, shoot sort of? At the moment, I've been shooting on that since I bought it. So pretty because I've been shooting indoors more. Yeah, and sometimes some of the apartment shoots have been doing quite tight. So I've been using my fifty mil more and the twenty eight seventy five. So you're like me, you stick into. Like either one or two lenses. I mean, to be fair, I only have three lenses, so I can't. Re- I, th- I can't I think, really speak on the same speak as you. I'm but not I sure get what you mean. Yeah, I, I think st- my style's sort of changed because of the lenses I got. And then you love a lens, you go with that lens, and then mm. you and then you you make it work you, as much you, as you can. Yeah, but you want some extra images, so then you do a bit of research and think, well, I want this, want that. Mm. And I've just bought an eighty-five um, Sony eighty-five one eight um, because I wanted that eighty-five. Um, choice back because I think the Canon that I've got is probably not the same quality um, although it still works it's, just not the, it's been the same with the Canon it wasn't just that little bit haze the trained eye notices it but most people wouldn't and you think uh, obviously in terms of adaption I know a lot of people do worry about using adaptive glass I've used quite a bit of adaptive glass on my Sony I've never really had a massive issue no. I think most of the time as long as it's well known glass like the Sony, this, the Canon lenses on Sony's generally work yeah. as expected yeah. I think my experience is you can't just pick them up, put it on, and okay. shoot. You've got to either change, change some settings. Yeah. The Metabones I've got, it's got um, advanced mode and standard mode, and depending on which lens. Mm. Have you spent a bit of money on that Metabones just to just to they so you have that confidence? Expensive. That's what I was thinking. Because yeah. when I hear of Metabones, I hear quite a lot of price. Yeah, well, tags. I, I, I know the Sigma's cheaper, but I didn't have Sigma lenses, so yeah. mine are all Canon. So based on you the were basically forced into a corner with Metabones essentially. Well, I could have yeah. got. A, could have got it, but you know, yeah, it's one of those that's interesting. Lighting, there lighting. is worse things you could do with upgrading your gear, I guess. If you if if you like those lenses enough, then you you'll find a compromise. Mm. You know, you got to find you got to find a middle ground, haven't you? True. Mm-hmm. Um, lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I now use Godox. Um, so AD two hundred, so the two hundred watt mm-hmm. lights. Got two of those, but I also use um, Rotolite Neos Neo twos. I think that's what I saw at yeah. one of the first events. I saw you with a rotor light, and I was like, "Ooh, Jason yeah. Lanier, continuous." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Watching too many bloody YouTube. That's, that's what it the was. problem. Oh, like, oh, too much YouTube. I've bought something else. That's yeah, the yeah. <laughs> you, got the, you got the wife naked. Yeah, yeah. Why, why do you do buy that? more gear? Why do I buy that? Don't tell so, them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Bring it in under the under the radar. But no, I I, I got those. Uh, I don't know, so uh, do you? So the 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 Godox. Uh, AD two hundreds. They're presumably rechargeable flash strobe heads. Yes, and completely portable, effectively. Like, yes, they're the, they're the same size as you know uh, speed flash. light. Yeah, and I used to use Young Neos. Yeah. Um, for that, still got them. Need to you were showing me your gear the first but, time that um, me and you shot at uh, Raw, right? Yeah, you you, you, mm. you, had, you had them set up at almost like uh, remote angles, right? Yeah, and they were yeah. they were to treat their. Yeah, no, no, they were. I've got some Young Neos for for trigger. the studio stuff. My first lighting experience yeah, well, with you, you actually big... jumped into it. You, you helped me jump into a bit yeah, of an yeah. idea of it. I mean, now I've got um, a newer light, um, which I can fix on the top of my camera or mm. hold stable. So I'm getting I'm getting my first dipping of my toes in there. I mean, uh, it's something that I want to go more into. I think it's the types of people that I will shoot with that will help me advance that. In terms of, in terms of your lighting, yes, Phil, do you... Because obviously you've got two, effectively two types of light there, haven't you? You've yep. got the Godox AD200, so they're strobe not continuous and then you've got the rose light neo twos Teo twos twos neo twos yeah. neo twos yeah and they're continuous led aren't they correct in a and with flash circuit and they flash as well yep 
Oh, so okay. No recycle time. Do you uh, do you find uh. are they are the neos powerful enough in daylight? No, and they're not designed to be they're that. They're not designed to so be. So I bought those specifically for if I was going to do like some of the apartment shoots, I've mm-hmm. used them, um, and night shoots. Okay, because mm-hmm. I taught myself to do night photography. Was so you using them at the uh. at Kyle's last shoot? Because I think you was you was you was talking about trying to yes. over, overpower yeah, yeah, yeah. certain parts of the room because those lights were really helpful because even yeah, the, though that living yes, room was very it was quite um there was a there was a sort of enough light but the problem was was the the casting of the shadows it, wasn't it, it? was shadows but it was also catch lights in the eyes it wasn't quite mm. the, the, there was certain parts of the room that were getting enough lighting but mm. then the background wasn't the same there was a lot of so, solid shadows spread yeah. around i was yeah. struggling for a little bit with kyle at the back of the room like i feel like the shot that i posted in was probably not the best that yeah I the, the lights were directly above so it was cast his forehead was casting shadows over his eyes mm. so the raccoon eyes thing so yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why i decided to do that but it was on a quite low power i know 10 15 it wasn't full power mm. um but I, I got the ad 200s to go from the portable flash um to get a blue sky ah. okay so yeah. see high speed sync or high speed like. sync well to be honest my flashes were high speed sync but it was they weren't powerful enough mm-hmm. so if, if if you got the ad 200 you can get a blue sky yeah based on yeah because you can power you're effect, using. you effectively underexpose the image and yep. then expose Correct. for the sky and then Correct. flash yep. and yeah that's ace because normally the model's face is going to be dark dark, dark if, so you light it up that so you got to have that punch yeah. to get that blue sky that you need that power yeah I mean, it's, it's not always all good knowledge. you can see the difference watts. in the photos that we did take yeah. around like the difference like you know yeah, yeah. i wasn't exactly i think, <laughs> it I wasn't think me. what you what you notice when somebody uses like a light mm. and they expose for the background and then punch the model they almost pop out of the picture yeah. i would have like, struggled really hard so, sometimes like, it does get scissors and cut your eyes shot to yeah. Yeah, yeah. Out of camera but it looks good no it looks great like, oh, i, I know photos, but yeah. sometimes it does looks a bit look, you think oh my god they look like photoshopped and i've just yeah. taken that but yeah. it, i think there's a there's a balance you're suspended tone, in you're the background tone it back. yeah sometimes the editing i tweak a little bit so it mm. doesn't look so popped out but it still has a separation because you'll probably punch for the colors too much and then it'll look like they've literally just been copied and pasted in unfortunately yeah, it can look like that sometimes. But right then, you learn that. I think we'll have a quick break for us, and the yes. listeners will get about seven seconds. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Enjoy the we'll, break, listeners. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll come back with part two in two seconds. See you in a minute. Cool. This episode is sponsored by Paradise Co. For t-shirts and beanie hats, visit paradiseco.uk and use the promo code GTS twenty twenty to get ten percent off. Hello and welcome back to part two of the podcast with Phil Layton and I am still asking him questions. So uh, my next question is about your editing. Obviously I know that you've spent a lot of time on it and you were talking a bit about how you've um, switched up lately, you've been using actions and stuff. If I remember correctly, even you though the conversation was about it. Uh, but yet talk to me, what do you use? I use Lightroom for all my image management. Love a Lightroom. Bring it in Lightroom. Do some adjustments, auto toning sometimes. Um, if I need to straighten, I'll do it there. Exciting, um, exciting stuff. Don't want a wonky horizon. Yeah, yeah. I, I do use it, but sometimes you get carried away, don't you? Um, <laughs> and then the images I edit, I take in from Lightroom into Photoshop, mm-hmm. and then I have a set of steps that I go through. Um, 
and you have developed action. So normally if I use learn a new technique, which is self-taught, watching YouTube. Um, YouTube. Well, that's YouTube. how we all learn. That's that's how how we all I, th- I think that's how we all do it now. I've seen yeah. a couple of photographers edit, and I've, and to be fair, they edit the same-ish way mm. for portraits, so it's quite cool. At least you know you're sort of on the, on right the path same, ish. on the right path. You're on the, sh- you're on the right straight path. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what I do. Um, I use a lot of layers. Um, I generally brighten my subjects. Um, darken the background a little bit just to give that a little bit of separation, although my lights do that as well. Um, that's handy, definitely, yeah. Do a little bit of dodge and burn, but not too much. Mm, um, I'm just trying to bring a little bit more contrast into my images now. So that's what I've been doing a little bit more, being like contrasting. Yeah. Just I always feel that they, some of my older images need a bit more punch. I can so see you. I can see the that. progression. It's it's bec- it's come on leaps and bounds. Thank you. I have to say. Thank you. And I thought like you I use a lot of colour as well. So did you? Have you like got that colour palette? I'm teaching myself colour gradient at the moment. Nice. Well, he's got a new makeup pouch. He's just really so, happy. Um, <laughs> I'm not on the Panatone level that Josh is. But oh, I don't um, do that no more. For those who wonder, but, I, got, um, I got bored of it. Hurrah! <laughs> wow, you said you had appreciation Trans- for it. Go, go, go to hell oh, with I you, like, John. I like you using the colours and stuff, but. I don't need to know every breakdown of every hex that you've <laughs> used in your photo, mate. It's not necessary. Some people thought it was. For I a like while. the settings that you put in your photos. That's oh handy. yeah, I think that that that's the same thing for anyway, a lot of people. Anyway, that was a tangent. Yes, digression. Yeah. But where did you learn it? Like YouTube. That literally from YouTube. Uh, did I do any of the stuff? No, you must I've never, have, I've must, never done any courses on a thing. Just mixed it with YouTube and then your own learning. I'm quite good with stuff like that. Technically, I taught myself to do web design. Yeah. Um, stuff like that so just over the year I think I used Photoshop back then for web design um, so I, sp- I had the basics there have you um, ever thought about Capture One or anything? no Not just really. because Affinity Photo? no it's interesting we've any particular people, reason? how about using or? your iPad? are you, you into doing, using your iPad no. there? no because you're a normal no. photographer? yeah I am yeah, yeah. So you d- so hey, you stop d- looking at me. So you do. You say you like my work. You can't do that. That's not fair. <laughs> nah, I fucking hate you both right now. Stop using iPads. So you Guess do. You do, you do obviously use Photoshop quite a bit, and you've got your actions. Yes. Which, yes. to be fair, I know a lot of people do use actions. Speed up workflow. Yeah, but, but I, I tend to find a new process, and then I will keep doing that. So I learn it and I know it, yep. and then I create an action from it. I, I don't like just that. straight okay. away do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, at least so it's not almost like your own shortcut to something yes. that is yeah. your style, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Work out what works. And then particular make reason why you do a lot more work in Photoshop than Lightroom? Is it just complexity of edits? Um, or? Refinement. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do say the same thing about that. in Photoshop, um, and I did, I did get a tablet as well for the editing. Um, to be fair, because I was doing so many shoots, I was getting like a, a bit of repetitive strain injury. I was in a Ooh. like a graphics tablet on yep. the PC. I yeah. got emotional then. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a bit triggered. Um, <laughs> and it, are we are we on about a um, Wacom? Wacom. Yes, as Wacom. in a pen and a tablet that Correct. you then edit on the screen, or a digital tablet. No, no, no. First one, pen and tablet. Pen and tablet. Is it no, just like a little screen. one? I got a little white one. Yeah, a little medium yeah. size one. Yeah, mm, well, nice. I got like one of the massive ones, but like at home, you know, yeah. for the broke people. And that so. sped up my work for the, for the broke editing. People. I think it's a lot so with skin better. as well. Like yeah. you know, it's just so much easier. Do you know yeah. what I, find? I find it really hard to once you're used use to a it. Pen I think and look so for all the listeners, I'm pointing at another location. So I'm trying to. I find it really hard. Yeah, but I find it really hard to use a pen. I'm a crap artist. There, I find <laughs> it really hard to look at something 
on the screen whilst I'm trying to use something that's I get what you mean. It, I'd I much because Wacom make really sick ass tablets now, don't they? Yeah. Where they where they you see the yeah. image and you edit on the like I almost like a kind of like a tablet PC, mm. but all the processing is happening on your computer mm-hmm. and it's just a mm. display. I like um, to see the action I'm, in front of I'm me. I'm ambidextrous, so oh nice. I don't find it so much. I am left-handed. Mm. All um, the best people are. But you ain't fussy. I'm not first. That's, that's quite a big skill for a lot of people, mm. like to have. So I, I'm quite dual, mm. not problem. And looking at the screen, yeah. I used to do art school and stuff like that as well. So mm. I'm I used to draw and I can so look I suppose and just type. naturally kept that going. I think it just takes time. You have to just keep at it. Yeah, um, at the start it was like, whoa, that what is going on here? Sometimes you don't even realise you're doing it. I think I think you, it's almost like a sort of secondary nature thing. Like I couldn't you go back now. To type no, yeah, and go for it. Like I can type Definitely. out a full sentence without making a mistake now, quite regularly. Like it depends on the keyboard, whether the key travels quite low or quite blocky. It's interesting. I find the using a touchscreen to edit, and I know Billy hates mobile editing. We've established this, but <laughs> but that's um, her view and not ours. But I find I find editing on a touchscreen relatively hard, actually. Oh. Um, to be precise. It's okay. good for fast edits. You've got to have a thin finger. You've got to have a really thin... Yeah, you've got to have a really thin nib, haven't you? That's what you've got to have. So. <laughs> My nails don't yeah. work. No, because you need no, because you so need skin, don't you? Yeah, you need the, th- the thing is, though, yeah. the, the more the, the the problem with doing it on a touchscreen is that you're going to end up hurting your finger. It's good, like you're going to be going that fast that you're going to give yourself a, a friction mark. burn. Friction burn, yeah. And it's like <laughs> go that fast, you get a <laughs> friction burn. Friction well, let's be honest here. When you're trying to, when you, you can't tangent? keep it with yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not possible. But with a yeah. stylus, you, slow down, Josh. With, with a stylus, you you have that that connection with the screen that feels more refined. Like if you're going to go a bit further yeah. and use like an actual stylus, like yeah, secondary, yeah. or you can use Apple Pencil, whatever you want to use. But I think that leads us quite nicely onto how your stylus changed. Obviously yeah. you are, are going through a journey like everyone, yeah. but you I, know, talk to us about. I think I'm always looking to improve every year. I try and think of something different to, to, to improve. And this year was just trying to get a bit more contrasting. So there's two ways you can, do it with the light and you can do it with editing so i've done it with both more so with Hybrid. the lighting in the last three months just more the studio sort of style stuff or it on location indoors um so that that's been more of the light so just getting more shadows in yeah. stuff like that a bit more a so, bit more punch bit to more the images punch. in Put camera punch in. yeah and i think you know just learning from i worked quite a few did quite a few shoots last year with other photographers and that is just sort of Billy being one of them, Josh being the other. Hello. Um, Bye, John. <laughs> yeah, I'm just on my own. Over <laughs> <laughs> we'll work yeah. together soon. We'll we'll we've, we've, talked, we've talked about we've def- it. We've definitely talked we've about definitely it. Talked about it. Yeah, since you've got weekends uh, free and all that some shit. Point. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You could use those weekends. Yeah, we could though. use those weekends. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think s- some of those, I'll have to mention it's Luca, photonacy photography. When I did a shoot with him, we shoot in the same model, same location, almost the same kit. Almost the same lighting, um, and both our images were totally different. And oh, nice. I just uh, and it was like I like that. It's you quite can interesting. Sort of learn, learn from that, and then uh, Kev Kev Wise um, done some more shoots with him recently. Big fan of the podcast. He, he, <laughs> I believe he is. Yeah. Um, and from him, I, I saw his setup that he's he's done, and just made me realise that you know you don't need loads and loads of gear. He's quite simple with his lighting, mm. but it's so effective, in. so effective. And just working from those guys, you you sort of just get that perspective of how other people do things and just put it all together. And then you, you're you making something your own then and just learning from everyone else. So I suppose that's that's what I've 
done and that, I think just working off those people Dan Mark being another one mm. um, great photographer um, Billy yourself hiya just um, <laughs> hi just you're hanging on every word he's saying now because you're getting the mentions <laughs> just, it's just great because you I think you, it's because I'm looking at him really eagerly you, you develop that <laughs> sort of puppy. a different style then and I, I think th- it's really nice to learn from each other as well oh, like, I learned a definitely. lot from like our shoots like we, yeah. we, we do shoot really different yeah, like, yeah, I think yeah. um, and so it's nice if you uh, kind of look at our styles yeah. you know us being able to team up with some models it was it was really interesting like it's polarising it was inspiring mm. like mm. being able to go to like different locations and stuff and we do shoot differently in general like I'm always forever sitting on the floor like, I'm just quite lazy there's, so, there's something that I've always you did actually I've, I've, I remember I've that learned yeah. quite a lot in the in the last year and it's that I'm I've not, I, last year I think I wasn't 100% satisfied on what I was wanting to shoot specifically because of what people were shooting with or what they were shooting at angles like so for a good example would probably be when I was um, in London relatively I think it was the end of August and I was shooting with a photographer, Chris Frith Photo. And uh, the way he was shooting, he was like more so, I, I can't say the word analog because I don't know if it's the right word, but like he was, you know, sort of like in the most straightest angles you can go for, mm. but he weren't, he wasn't moving. He was turning the camera. So he yeah. was producing his own <laughs> angles from a very, from a very stop point position, I guess. And for me, I was almost sort of trying to get from every angle so his photos looked very, you know, like almost like on a tripod because he's got a very steady hand because he's in, he does editing, he's in the film industry. So you learn to get a very steady hand from that, which is a very good accomplishment. For me, I can go a bit wonky, I'll be honest. So it was very polarizing and it taught me how much I wanted to use the shadows, use the lighting, because we were in one of the streets in mm. um, the sort of around area of Soho. And Soho, for anyone who's ever been there in London, it is very polarizing. The difference in one street to another street, you can pick up a different window, different door, and you get two or three photographers and maybe a model or two, and you will be really surprised. So, I mean, there's probably a comparison for every city, mm. but that really taught me a lesson that I, I didn't want to stand still on what I was already learning. Like I was wanting to completely switch it up constantly if I could. Well, I think, yeah, definitely switching up is something that I was trying to do as well. I think, shoot on the weekend that I just did mm. just gone um, I said to myself I'm just going to shoot natural light and 90% of the shoot I did um, you got to force yourself to try so it new otherwise you're yeah, not going to well, adapt to it's it not, it's not new it's, it's yeah sorry being natural light is not new I no, don't no, do no. it as often for the lights but definitely always try something new because mm. how are you going to learn otherwise it's push yourself a little bit absolutely so, if you don't then What's the point? Yeah. Yeah, I think that leads nicely into your um, your next question as well. Actually, Josh, where you've talked about uh, has it evolved? So, do you want to? Yeah. Um, so, it's it's something that I I've never been hundred percent wanting to ask any of the other people that have been on the podcast because um, I probably wouldn't ask a model it because it wouldn't be the right question. I think the photographer needs to explain it because they're always with the models, whereas the models are just with the photographers. Obviously, there's a there's a whole different dynamic that works with that, but that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, the question kind of is leading into, you know, do you think that portrait photography has evolved a lot in the last few years? I mean, I'm sure the short answer is definitely yes, but the industry has evolved and changed around in the, the current wave of social media. And obviously there's more people coming on the scene doing modeling as like, almost like a sort of um, flip of the coin of influencer model kind of 
taking both angles and kind of allowing themselves to build a bit of a career in modeling and also i guess bringing up photographers would you out of all that would you say that like that is something that you've been interlinked in quite a lot with because obviously you've been introduced to a lot of people shooting wise from different events um like you know cars events so i mean what is your two cents would you say uh I'd definitely say portrait photography has changed a lot mm. i mean admittedly from a social media side i've only probably been on it the last year and a half mm. properly um so I'd, I'd say the the things I see are more around people's editing. Yeah. And I think um, quite a lot of stuff gets shown on social media, and you'll see the before and after. I see quite a lot now, and um, you see how editing is such an important thing now. Sometimes some people take it too far, in my opinion, mm. but um, and don't do as much as they can do in camera. Um, but I prefer not to spend days editing but no you don't want to, um, you don't want to idolize uh, it for too long yeah. no no and I, I haven't got the time to mm. either so um so that probably keeps you on the on the straight path to get yeah. it done in a yeah. good uh, timely manner yeah and I, I think yeah i suppose social media has given a lot of lot of people quite a lot of opportunities in life and it's a platform i suppose isn't it it, it is and Modeling it, it's is as different as it used to be it's changed is it is it made a career do, for people I yeah suppose. so do you think it's made it perhaps easier for models to kind of who traditionally perhaps wouldn't have been found by agencies but are now modeling oh yeah you know it just yeah. in, in the terms of they've yeah they contact photographers maybe get a bit yeah. of a portfolio together mm-hmm. and then more photographers want to shoot yeah. them that definitely has happened yeah that, i think i've seen it witnessed it and been part of that so um yeah def- definitely agree with that that people can get on there and get exposure they wouldn't necessarily for from a uh, model management company mm. it's interesting as well because i think how like you were talking about how people show the before and afters and stuff like that i think traditionally perhaps years ago people didn't want to show the pre-edits they didn't want to show they this is what themselves. the photo looked like mm. yeah. yeah and actually there were a lot of people that that disagreed and perhaps still are actually that mm. you know believe that any editing of a photo shouldn't really happen obviously now particularly because most people will shoot raw anyway yeah you have a very flat profile, yeah. So you're you're you bringing those colours in, and you're bringing those yeah. sorts of uh, that changing yeah. contrast and tone. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's people are probably a bit more accepting of the fact that clearly most images are going to be photoshopped in some way, shape, or form, yeah, yeah. whether that's Lightroom, mm. photoshopped, whatever. But it's in got reality, to happen, I think. well, and I think it's the fact that actually most cameras now, particularly modern cameras. Although they are amazing cameras, they don't give you on the a raw colour. file. You know, you're yeah. not going to get the sharpness and stuff like that, that you get out of a JPEG. But, but I think I think editing as well and is part of part the of the photography style and mm. specifically mine. Um, I used to always put a slight orange filter on my images because at the time, most of the models I was shooting with are quite pale skin, ah, so I just wanted okay. to give that little we'll bit warm extra. Them up a bit. Um, that's a good touch to give it and then almost that was just put into any image then and I just had an orange slight orange tint very subtle but slight orange now I've gone a little bit now I've done a bit more colour grading that I've just suited on this sort of slightly red sort of tinged reddy brown sort of thing which just pleases my eye at the moment and and you think of artists you know there's the way they brush strokes and all that sort of stuff so it's part of their, the, the canvas they use all that sort of stuff is just part of someone's style so mm. i don't necessarily think that you shouldn't edit you should well that's the thing isn't it because like you, you, I, I think, think the image should yeah. be as correct as possible in camera as you can do yeah with what you've got around you 
Um, it, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of critics now who uh, I think and it's, it's weird because I feel like people change their opinion every five seconds and it, it, it gets on my rag quite a lot is that someone will go oh you can't just upload it like that well in my mind yes you, you shouldn't upload a photo raw like that because unless you're an amateur a very amateur person who will just photo, upload the photo and maybe do a little bit of tweaking with Instagram you know the smallest details and go oh look at this I got this without any editing you know it's it's a bit of a showboaty thing that people just are turned off to nowadays so i think even the most minor bit of editing goes a long way like it's it's almost like um like a, it's a signature thing that makes a photo a photo because some people will underexpose and then bring it back up later mm-hmm. as john has said many times mm-hmm. yep. it's a trademark thing now that makes photography photography you photo, photography kind of needs these you know these manipulation programs now to really kind of encompass this change because you can't look at the same photo as mm. another photo the same because two di- two photos, like you said, two different angles, or I, like I said as well, two different angles, two different completely shots, same person, but you know, there's you got so many different versions of things, and I think that's what makes editing such a, a precious thing to the mm. photography industry. And I think the gear has impacted yes. the edits because we've now got cameras that have such huge dynamic range mm. in comparison to 15 and years ago. Focus as you know, well. where you can have. Yeah, I can underexpose on a Sony now by, I don't know, three stops mm. and still pull all the shadows back with very little noise. As and the same for any. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, Wolverhampton, I mean, when we, we went round and um, I shot something, didn't I? And I was like, that'll be fine. And I deliberately shot to get the blue sky. Um, and then. Those, yeah. Yeah. So I'm a bit cynical <laughs> so for that. About a month ago. Uh, <laughs> it does feel like And then, um, yeah, and then, you know, that same sort of thing. Josh said to me, you know, he said, it's pitch black. And I went, it's fine. I can see because I'm seeing mm. the 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 camera. I've deliberately t- changed the setting so it's bumping the settings in my viewfinder. I can see what it will look like if it was exposing it normally. But I'm shooting deliberately to underexpose the front and underexpose the background. Mm. And I know that with you know with the editing software we have now, I have that ability to pull it back. Which I you know even uh, even five years ago, to be honest, it was difficult. And, and yeah. I think that goes to the point of knowing your gear. So yeah. becoming one with the gear. Yeah. No know what your gear can do practice practice keep trying it and then with the editing post pressing you're doing as well you will then understand like you say john where yeah you can do things so i, I do it on shoots so i know that um well the, the one the other day on the, on the weekend so shooting the, the sun was coming through uh, I was in the car park and uh, <laughs> <laughs> i thought car park I, again. I, I want that sun i want that backlit I've been shooting natural all day. Let's give it a bit of light now. Uh, the subject was too dark, um, so I just popped some lighting for there. But I, when you look at the back of the camera, the sky was a little bit white, but I knew... You knew you'd be able to save it back. Pull it, pull it back mm, a little bit. Yeah. Got as much as right as a Canon camera. Um, There's some joy in that, then, I'm sure there is as well. Like The fact that you know that yeah, like you can yeah. but, pull but it you only, hat. You only know that if you're practicing. Well, that's it, yeah. It. yeah. I'm starting to you, learn you, that from you, And John, you may well. not do something, but... I will say, get it right in cameras. Maybe steps. Possible. It's, it's, the it's, best underst- it's understanding the the theoretical side of photography a little bit as well. So not just perhaps either. I mean, obviously, we've already said before, you can start on your auto modes and your semi-automatic modes, but understanding your exposure triangle, understanding how, you know, the fact that, and I've said to you, Josh, haven't I, mm. like, you know, like you shoot for the sky. If you're doing exactly, a landscape, yeah. shoot for your sky because everything else will come back, especially on modern cameras. You'll be able to pull all of that detail back out and... You know, if you if you blow the sky out, 
short of replacing the sky, which yeah. in a landscape is a nightmare because if you've got trees and stuff, it's just I it's know absolutely that. terrible. <laughs> I know so, that. Well, I know there is software you know, out there to do that. Yeah, ex- yeah. Well, yeah, but it's it's that just point, that sort of thing. It's not natural, is it? Like no, it just no. ruins no. the oh, no. ruins the no. funniness. And I think the other thing is, is like you were saying, you know, you want you have a style and you want to get it as right in camera as possible. Mm. And there's something to be said for when you're getting it right, mm. and especially, I mean, I know obviously Phil, you focus mainly on portraits and stuff, but we know having looked at some of your work, you used to do some landscape stuff. Yeah. And having that landscape stuff, it's a, for me, and we've talked about this, it's a memory in time where I can remember being at that place, yep. taking that photo. Yep. And if I have to mm-hmm. Photoshop a fake sky in, which some people do, and you know, if they want to do that, that's fine. But for me, I want to remember what it was like when I was there. Yeah. It doesn't capture feel the right best. to you. Yeah, capture it as I remember it, yeah. not because you're know. telling a story. Like as like we said quite re- yeah. re- regularly in the podcast, like there's there's something to cherish about going back to that memory. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a fake sky day, like unless unless you're doing it to be, you're not as attached as you are to it, which is an is another complete kind of tangent on that sort of stuff. It just it would it would ruin me if I if I shot in the in a way that would mean I'd have to completely remove and add another sky, like because. You know, it's like remembering it like it was yesterday. You could go back to a photo where, like, let's say your daughter, like, she was, mm-hmm. I don't know, jumping around in a puddle or something, and you've got the sky and you've got Funny the nice reflections. You can't, you can't, you can't been really go back yeah, to that. Been can there, you? done that. Yeah. You can't go back to that. No, it's, you, that moment feels. There's a tainted. moment, you know. I mean, I, I'm speaking to Phil uh, for the listeners uh, as Phil came into my house tonight, and I showed him a photo of my daughter that's on the wall, mm. and uh, that photo is her jumping into a paddling pool on oh, my yes. in my back garden, yes. and again opportunistic moment uh, like most of my best photos are it was a spray and pray and, uh, <laughs> and you to do that quite I, a lot. Uh, you know 20 <laughs> frames a second on the sony and a 50 mil 1.8 lens and or it might have been a 35 1.8 i can't remember it's a crop sensor and uh mm-hmm. literally just had it on continuous autofocus she jumped into the paddling pool as she jumped in the water is coming basically well what looks like at the camera it's quite far away but it gives the impression yeah nice and blurred she's sharp and actually, you know, looking looking at it, not my best image that I've ever taken, but captured a moment perfectly of the excitement yeah, of her jumping into the paddling pool. And that's, and that's what, what photography is about. Yeah, definitely. It's capturing memory, that moment. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Some, so, photographers, yeah. some photographers will probably discredit certain photos and some models will see something that the photographer hasn't seen, which is, is, a, is a beautiful thing. And it actually makes me cherish the fact that I do portrait photography. I mean, for those who like say, oh, why don't you do landscape or this, that, and the other. But there's something about portrait photography that just keeps bringing me back every moment that I think about doing more shoots. Is is the next shoot and the next person I'm going to work with, whether it's the same person or the, another person, you know, it's that connection. And they see something sometimes that I don't see, which is mm. something you don't have as a landscape photographer unless you're with someone. Like, you can't have that secondary think thought moments if you're not with someone no but then uh, there are people that i know that go and shoot landscapes together collectively yeah, as a, two or three works. people and then that does you know that moment and uh, then the mountains and particularly like snowdonia and mm. the peak districts and stuff like that they can give you some amazing landscapes mm. so i think it leads on really nicely to one of my questions actually yes. which is obviously you've done landscapes and you've done architecture and stuff like yep. that but then you've moved into portraits yeah mm. so specifically what drew you into just shooting portraits now it it was finding a niche, ah, and okay. excuse me, <clears throat> not being you do a lot of research and you think you know what should I do you know eye sharp and all that sort of stuff and you know get your skies right in landscapes but then people talk about niche and I think um, used to be a member of photographic society and some of that I learnt was 
people came did talks and they had a specific style and a niche the generalist people you looked at the images yeah they're, they're good images but because you're a generalist mm. they're all just good images and then when you see the specialist ones and they got their niche they're amazing and you mm-hmm. you just sort of puts you on a path I suppose. yeah yeah so absolutely almost, so i'm almost saying the difference between a good photo and an outstanding photo. yes yes totally agree and and i think that's the way and as i say earlier i just enjoyed it interacting with people and that just sort of became my niche you made you made something that you enjoyed something that you was pursuing mm. essentially mm. you can't pursue something that you don't enjoy and like it's, it's, it's not that i wouldn't take no, any no. other images it's um uh, uh, most you feel your most comfortable moment yeah, I mean, I, I did a lot of street stuff, and I enjoyed that. Um, and and I, like John said, I do architecture stuff. I have done that. Um, I'm going in down to London with my dad in March, and we'll take our cameras and we'll wander around. And mm-hmm. We'll, That's we'll nice. take pictures of London. Some, sometimes I think it, we'll, it we'll works. Sort of do. To do some 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 of the things, just you'll never see it on the yeah. Instagram because well, it's the, that's the thing. It I is think a it's, portrait page. It's nice to it's nice to have those moments away from the cat, mm. away from the, the the social media side of it. And even if you just put them on your side, like I've been using my phone, like just to take some little snaps here and there, trying a few apps out. And I do it for me, like it, it's an enrichment thing for me. Like you know, back in the day when you were a kid, you'd go out and maybe you don't like a castle as much, but you appreciate the aspects of it. So it's for you, you. Portrait photography is your main love and passion and you focus on, but you go away and you know, spend time with your father and go and do those things just for you. Mm. And that makes you whole and makes him whole too. And I think that's, some, that's something that's quite wholesome actually with photography. You don't have to just do one thing specifically online and then you can't do anything else offline, which is brilliant. I agree. Great. Mm. So have you got any projects for the future? I want to get a little bit more into concept shoots a little bit like i did before so some of the images you saw earlier um sort of more use more styling makeup artists yeah locations i agree with that that. um really get in the detail yeah and i think those are some of more wow images and i think after taking some of those that you saw i actually thought how am i going to beat them and i put i did i put the camera down for nine months didn't Mm. take any shots nothing um i went into a total mental block of what am i going to do and then i sort of somehow sorted myself out and start shooting again but um that's what i'd love to do i've got a shoot in uh this month actually now because it's fair um probably when this podcast comes out um it's like a stately home so we're going to do some stuff there oh, not nice. quite sure what it is yet but we've got a stately home hired uh in nottingham fantastic and um thanks yeah, national trust it's still, still. <laughs> say it again. Nothing. Thanks, no, National Trust. No, it's not actually. It's oh, not. surprise, surprise. Um, I've been booted out of many National Trust properties. Yeah, I tend to avoid them, but yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you can. Um, but that, that's that's some stuff um, I want to do. There's there's probably ten or fifteen people I didn't work with last year because they're so busy that I want to work with. So whatever we're going to do with that, I'm not sure. John. Um, yeah, collapse. <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll have to yeah, sort yeah, something we'll out. We'll have to sort out a date. Beat something yeah. um, when I've not got a dental problem. yeah so yeah um i'd love to do waterfall shoot again beach shoot i didn't do last year or the year before so i'd love to do some of those um and i want to do a few more sort of indoory type things so some i don't know restaurant type shoots or bars telling a bit of their story a bit like that yeah like like almost like a five guys maybe or something like that or Ah, no no, five guys not five guys not american dinery 
<laughs> nah. I, I, I would, it's good while it lasts. I think there's a lot that's been done. Any neon yeah. lights going to be involved now? No. Uh, yes. Nice. Yes, so I have shoot ideas on Pinterest that I keep and take inspiration from films where you can. Um, Atomic Blonde. Ah. Film. Mm. Um, I want to do a bit more. I've I've had that for a while now, so I need to find a location. I'm a sure, you mentioned before thing. that to me that yeah. you were interested in doing yeah. something. I'd yeah. play around with gels, so I do like to do that. Um, if you've not done it, go and have a go at it. Don't be scared. To mm. I've mentioned this before because cool. um, gels on speed lights, particularly. Theoretically, uh, a lot of people invest, especially when they're first getting into photography, if they want to do a home studio and stuff like that. They buy a lot of backgrounds and they buy a lot of colours and papers and stuff. And I was saying to you guys, wasn't I? I think I think I might have said to you, Billy, if you use a grey background and just gel your yeah. speed lights, mm. you can actually just basically change the colour of your background yep. anyway. Did so that the other week. So yeah. that literally put pink, put yeah. blue, grey backgrounds, totally change the change the, the colour, the look, yeah, um, of it and. Yeah, you don't have to spend loads of money on gels and stuff. Uh, literally, in the past, I've used quality street wrappers and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, so wow. It'll, That's good. You yeah. know, yeah. And, and for some reason, they fit over the end of uh, your flash quite well. Takes you um, back in time, that does. Like, sort of back when you were a kid, like, you'd like, do those, sort of, you know, those like, kaleidoscopes. Yeah, kaleidoscopes, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, make, yeah. that gives me, like, a real child moment when you said yeah. that. Like, I was like, that just took me back a long time ago. It's, it's pretty nice, actually. It's kind it's of, a bit longer for me than you. Yeah, yeah. Six years for Josh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to say that I once said I I was very ignorant to photography is, a, is, is crazy to still think, but, like, I loved, like, messing with, like, different colours, like, kaleidoscopes and stuff like that. And I was never a big colour book kind of person with those kind of pads mm. and stuff but like i just loved messing with materials that would cause mm. you know psychedelic mm. colors and stuff mm. so maybe that's something i need to even give yeah, a go again try and corporate that into some give photography yeah. not. Um, yeah, take the quality street box with me and uh hopefully <laughs> everyone it, eats yeah. them all yeah. eat them all well we can't start the shoot until i've eaten all these uh <laughs> they're gonna leave the coconut beyond probably so yeah definitely uh yeah so billy do you want to do your last question before we go on to I've got one more and then our final question. So. Indeed. The penultimate. So we have spoken on one of our episodes about like um, photographers that you're inspired by. If there's YouTubers, obviously you do a lot of YouTube things and like you watch YouTube. Mm. Is there anyone that comes to mind? Uh, I suppose just going off that jail one, uh, Lindsay Adler um, is someone who's, uh, I suppose I've gone through stages of inspiration for people, but yeah. I suppose... Um, I went to the photography show last year and saw her. Um, she did a workshop thing, uh, a talk, and you know, quite inspirational the way just to think about things and the tools and stuff you can use, and you know, you don't need all this big budget. So yeah. some of the things I've looked at what she's been doing, and a couple of weeks back, uh, just before the end of 2019, I just took some of those concepts on and did a yeah. shoot uh, with Shell Shell Portfolio. We did some gel stuff and got some quite cool images. I haven't put them on Instagram yet because I'm crap at posting. Um, <laughs> but um, you'll get we, there. We've, we, yeah, I will. Aspire to be more like Josh. I don't know when I'll get there. <laughs> but we're, but we've done that. So some of that was inspirational from taking that. Um, I suppose the the YouTube type people, Jason Lanya, uh, Manny Ortiz, those sort of guys. Um, but also, I, I I did sort of learn from other people. So. Yes, there's a guy called Gary Price who I've done a couple of workshops with him, um, and he's just he used to be a fashion photographer in his trade, um, but he's sort of done more workshop type stuff recently. But he's you need to look up Gary Price photographer. I think he's on Instagram. Um, he's been just having someone local 
and I met him a couple of weeks back um, at a networking event. And uh, just, it was great to have a chat with him. And he went to the same Lindsay Adler workshop. Um, oh, and you just have those chats with people and you get ideas. Because that's the community, you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like about having people yeah. around you yeah. nearby. Suddenly the scene becomes actually quite close to everyone. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's quite close to each other. Definitely. And uh, and what he taught me was we were in his front lounge. Um, ah. We had a model. He, bought, he got some Perspex glass. He had the top of a, what was it now? Um... What you put your clothes in when you wash them? A rack. Yeah, well, yeah. not a rack, but um, one of those wooden laundry ones basket. with the holes in. Oh, like a laundry basket. Yeah, yeah. laundry basket. And you had the, the yeah. ceiling of that, the roof part of it. Yeah. The top, uh, top part. <laughs> <laughs> top, that's the word you're looking for. I never ceiling. say what I want to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Close. Don't um, worry, I'm with you on that. And we balanced that above. Mm. We put a flash through the top. Ah. And she was sort of holding ah, onto the glass. Almost like a barn door great thing yeah Ooh. so the light came down and you know we just made a look up sort of thing and you, you got the glass there so you got a reflection so we did all this in in um his lounge and you probably my first instagram image at the moment on profile i think is one of those images um wow. and that i just thought that was so simple bare flash simple lighting setup using a random item random items. and the thing is it wasn't it yeah. wasn't shadows and everything mm. shadows and that brilliant the implementation wasn't <clears throat> cheesy as some would say because obviously like a lot of people have done s- are starting to adapt more things mm. that they use but uh, from the way that you described that it, it actually it was it sounds so genius actually mm. like i know people have used colanders because because yeah. they, they, yeah. they create yeah. such yeah, yeah. a that's, that's finite concept, amount of yeah, yeah. um yeah. it almost looks like um you know, like, like a shell, like a kind of almost like someone putting a shell in front of like a, a, a lot of light and it just like creates a massive sort mm. of open like space shadow on you. But like it's, you don't even need to mm. go to the beach for something like yeah. that. We've seen like, like those YouTube videos where you ha- they have like a hundred tips on photography and stuff and they show you like random Going items. Peter McKinnon kind of yeah. styles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I did and, watch and one on Facebook. you need to watch the most random YouTube videos where it teaches you how to just look at a location and make something from it. And some of yeah. those I've, I've looked at, you know, looking at like small a space. Like the, the stores in, or there's that yeah. super store I've, d- in I've looked at one, um, Peter McKinnon recently, yeah. if you've watched it, did one about product photography, epic product yes. photography, which is obviously something that's you know, uh, from your niche is a way off. But, you, you know, it's like... from it still, yeah. Just yeah, it's like, you know, you're going to a dollar store, mm. or Poundland, if you're in the UK, <laughs> and he'll buy like a colander, a baking tray... Mm. All this sort of stuff to make it look Star Wars, mm. a thermos yeah, yeah, flask, yeah. you know, all those sorts of things. Buying cheap, crappy items, mm. but to give, like you think, yeah, yeah. you know, like atmosphere, yeah. you know, that sort of thing, and making something that's a bit more, I suppose, just dynamic, dynamic, and mm. something that's just a bit different mm. to so everything that you see con- all the time. Confronting the norm, yeah, definitely. Totally. So yeah, um, so I think there's there's lots of people. I mean, just like I said earlier, the people I've shot with last year as well. Yeah, um, thank you all being helped with that inspiration. And I think some of you've got to go back at some of the older photographers and um, there's one who I watched again the other day, Bill Cunningham. He's a fashion photographer, sadly passed away now. Um, I think I've heard But he guy, worked yeah. for the New York Times. Yes, and yes. And literally he almost made fashion in New York because he would oh. take pictures of people walking in the street and he'd see someone in a leopard print dress and then he'd start a theme. So then he'd see someone else a leopard print jacket uh, or shirt. And he'd just and put them all he'd together. And then he'd take them. And then later on, he'd get them together. 
and his editor would put them all together and that's how it happened and then six months down the line everyone was wearing leopard print dresses yeah. or yeah. tops oh, or so whatever. he created an, a theme almost a niche, but a niche which the fashion time. was already there mm. but he then he per- put it together it, and, and, and the then word. showed it to people yeah. Yeah. yeah figured out that he could collate it into one yeah. viewable yeah. Yeah. but if, yeah. if you're you know if you're interested in photography and stuff like that which you should be listening to this but <laughs> fingers um, crossed it's it's Bill Cunningham, New York. Uh, it's his, um, the film that he brought let's, out. And let's, let's hope that they're uh, they're interested. It was they're an hour and a half into <laughs> that's an hour and a half of your life. You never, you never get back. back. Yeah. Yeah. It's so just yeah, that and um, that's yeah. brilliant. So I've got two final questions. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna start with the the last but one. So obviously we talked earlier, and you said you know sort of semi pro, thinking about uh, sort of more than a hobby. Yeah but not quite making a living full-time yeah. from it. Yeah. So is there any aspiration, do you think, to maybe one day quit uh, the job that you've got now or maybe just do photography? If not, why not? If you do, why? You know, that sort of thing. All those things. There is an aspiration there for that. Um, I suppose at the moment it's probably a backup plan. Mm. Okay. Um, but I do have quite a good job and I enjoy it, so I'm quite fortunate there. If I could replace my current earnings, etc., benefits, all that sort of stuff, and still have my holidays, <laughs> then I probably would. But I think I, I'm, you know, I'm a realist. I, I know that if I did it as a business and was freelance, mm. let's say, I think it'd be, you have to be freelance. Um, that for me, I may lose, I may only get two weeks a year holiday type mm. thing because you know you've got to put that effort. You're yeah. running a business then. The magic hust- starts you're to die a for business. For you. And all those guys and gals out there do it fantastic, you know, just giving that push and self-motivation, stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm quite self-motivated, but it's that extra, you know, giving it that extra to, to keep that business. You've got to believe in yourself if you're going to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, and, yeah. I, and, and that's another thing is that, you know, I always look at my work and think, am I good enough? Am I good enough? And That's the, that's, the air that's question on the tongue, Probably yeah. my worst critique apart from my wife. Mm. Um, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I think keeping you grounded. That's yes. the word. That's it. Yes. Yes. Keeping yes. you keeping grounded. grounded. Absolutely. So Sue and I, that's my wife, we love our holidays, so I think I'd have to give up on that and I'm not sure. Yeah. Wouldn't go down well. You'd 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 have to I guess you'd have to get to the point where it it felt like it was similar enough where you could just go, I can drop this for six months and then come back after six months mm. and if nothing mm. changes and it stays constant, then you'll go back to the way it was before mm. without ruining it to you. Because it's, it's the same thing with me. It's like the, the amount of times I go and shoot in London and it's like, why don't you live in London? For the simple reason, I don't like London life. I don't want to be on the tube every day. It's nice I'll, for Dave, is it? It's a nice so, yeah, yeah. bubble escape. Yeah. Like mm. I'll go to it and I'll go back to the sea that I'm born and bred in and I would like to stay in. You know, Why do you have to go to London? It's the same for, for brands. A lot of them do stick in this region now. Gymshark, for example. Born and bred in the black country, Josh. That, no well, need to go. leave. <laughs> that's no it. No need to leave. Enjoy your roots because that's what photography is all about, showing your story. Yeah. And like, I feel like that some of that is possibly lost when you jump to another place. I think yeah. having it as a job it. and having it as a hobby is quite different as well. Yes. Um, yeah. I'm not like I'm not like pointing out the, the job I currently have, mm. but obviously that's like like family photography and that, so it is different. Mm. Um, but I think picking up a camera like five days of the week and mm. doing photography mm. that you're in like you're interested in but it is a routine which means it's yeah. like any other job it just becomes boring. honestly i think mm. everyone just assumes that being a photographer in a studio is so different um but it is the same as what you guys all do every day it's just mm. routine mm. you know i just so i suppose actually i suppose for you though it's more the fact that because it's 
sterile in terms of lighting. Yeah. Actually, there's less. Like, if you're a landscape photographer going around taking yeah. photos of landscapes, you'd travel, obviously. Mm-hmm. You might go all over the world. But even then, you'd be balancing the light, working out what's working, yeah. that sort of stuff. Whereas in a studio, it's it probably does get quite monotonous, uh, the maybe. The camera rarely changes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's rare that I'd have a challenge. I mean, I have I'm one every so often. That's if I've really changed We need to go out, up. don't we? Do some night photography but, or something. Yeah, but like, I think it's... I think even with the stuff that I do when I was getting jobs and that, it's not all it's made out to be. I think no. being able to have a hobby and being having to, like the creative mm. mind for it, just doing what you do, yeah. and then being on a set brief where you have to do a set job, and those photos will never be yours. I have so many jobs I don't have the photos from. They aren't mine, even though yeah. I love them. They're not my photos. Well, that's know. the thing, isn't it? It's like, like I said just a minute ago, you you have to work out whether you want to pop that yeah. bubble and make it a realization and. It's a whole conversation. It's definitely important. It's definitely a scenario that I've gone down the route of of saying that basically I don't want to do it as a career. I have considered it. I've considered jacking in like you a well paid job with really, really, really bloody good holidays. (laughs) Uh, They're all really expensive because they're in school holidays. But but you know a lot of time off. And do I want to sacrifice that and the work life balance that I have? Mm. Which okay. I am busy uh, during uh, term and I time. Think that's a biggie as well, because you know. it, it's your it's your business. Yeah, you'd work. You, you because work you'd be worried. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'd be worried you work for yourself, and you, you really want to make a success. Yeah, you've and, got to make you've got to make those days bearable. Would slip. Yeah, something has to give. So. And actually, I think the problem is, is like you're saying, if you if you go in and you become self-employed, you know, you're, you're hustling for your business, you're working hard, and we've spoken to enough people now. Yeah, you know, people like Gareth. Yeah. Tom Bartley on the side before he's you know he will be joining us at some point but yes. um, it's worked it, it, hard to you know, where they are. they've worked really yeah. hard and they continue to work hard and unfortunately that does mean that sometimes something has to give so whether yes. that's personal life whether mm-hmm. that's relationships whether it's whatever Money. it might be it can be really difficult I think there's nothing wrong with being a hobbyist there's nothing yeah. wrong to say that you like you it's a, do and it's it enjoyment yeah. isn't it there's it's, no problem it's with part that. of the reason why the, the there is stickler around being called what type of photographer you are and i have to say that is one of the reasons probably why what camera manufacturers would refer to as prosumers yes why that market has grown so much because there's so many people that enjoy taking photos but would never want to make a living from it they might make a little bit on the side they do a couple of events or some portrait portfolio stuff or they go and sell a few landscape prints on etsy or whatever it might be Mm. but in reality they're not going to make their main source of income from it that's why some some platform like instagram with its previous ambitions of just being like a more socially sort of network has now exploded into this you know open market of different photographers mm. who might shoot for photography or shoot because they need the photography and you've got all these different other sites that have got pacific niches and everything and they've built themselves around a sort of global sort of community even like, like canon sony they do feature pages and that's where those things come in like mm. it, it shows you the difference between the f- images that you see when you edit and then you send them away and they're never seen again, as Billy said. And yeah. then the photos that you can go and check out in mm-hmm. a click of a, f- a few buttons or a few well, times rec- on your phone. I recently put, um, you guys saw, you definitely saw last night because you reacted, I think. Yeah. yeah. But um, I posted a story out uh, the other night that just talked about um, a photo that I took about three years ago mm. uh, of Cornwall that still, I Beautiful. think, is one of my nicest photos I've ever taken. Um, brilliant. And it was really, really nice. It, I can still remember being in this yeah. sort of cave, effectively, where I was taking it from. Make photography, photography. It was amazing, yeah, that memory. And it's that thing of, um, for me, and I know mental health gets banded around a lot these days. I, yeah. I, I appreciate that. But for me, 
I think it's incredibly good for my own mental health that I get yes. out and I disconnect from mm-hmm. the world when I'm taking mm-hmm. photos. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm You've often got to walking. You've got to or, leave that bubble. You know, going around. And totally I think it's different super, world when yeah. I'm taking images. Yeah, totally. It's part of the, part of the reason why the world I, that I'm in. It's part of the reason why I, I, I love just taking four or five days off. Like I used to get paranoid looking at how long ago I posted last. And obviously, you said like you know you need to get back into shoot into posting. You're still shooting. Like people think that just because you disappear, you you don't and you're not posting mm. that you've you've died and you've gone off the face of the earth. But it's, it's, well, it's, it's called being real. You've, yeah, got, yeah. you've got to jump out of that bubble. And I think social media, there's this temptation because particularly when the Instagram algorithm was a bit more predictable. Yeah. Uh, it was the post every day, post every day, post every day. And that's kind of disappeared. Well, now. There's, no, there's no benefit to posting every day. I think most people understand that a lot of people don't see everything you post. Yeah. So actually, it, or they it see it in a delayed you. thing anyway. And like, I mean, I went over. I went posts. over a month. I know. Well, yeah. Do you know? I had. Um, but you know, we know it's still alive. I, I get people messaging me all the time. Like, I haven't seen your work. Like, well, I've I've, I've come to the conclusion now, and I don't know. Some of the listeners might might agree with this. Uh, it doesn't seem to matter. I've spoken to uh, a couple of people. One person uh, who's got over ten thousand um, followers. Uh, one person that's got about. Five and a half thousand followers. Uh, I've got nearly a thousand. If you fancy following me, then you might push me over that thousand. But yeah. you know, eventually, <laughs> we'll people, people, people doing followers. the follow one follow <laughs> game, fuckers. Uh, so, <laughs> and then the the thing that really, really, um, the really, really annoying thing for me is the fact that when you look at the analytics on Instagram, it doesn't seem to matter how many followers you have or how engaged your followers are. Effectively, your reach versus like ratio is basically one-fifth. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. If you have 10,000 followers, you'll get 200-ish likes, maybe, unless the photo is exceptionally good and gets onto the Explore page because it gets good engagement, and then it might explode. But actually, when you look at anyone's, if you get 500, uh, I don't know, maybe 500 reach in yeah. terms of your reach you get about 100 likes yeah. and that scale that ratio seems to be the same for almost everyone everyone I've spoke to so the clear the algorithm is designed to have about one fifth hit ratio so that must be something that Facebook have tried to do to basically encourage people either to post more or maybe in preparation for the fact they're going to get rid of how many likes people have had so that they don't care they, about it. They've, inf- you know. they've made it uh, inflated across the board so that mm. everyone comes around to that same sort of fizzled out moment where likes just disappear. I don't see it. To me, I don't know how you feel about this, Phil, because obviously you're, I'm not saying relatively new to social media, but posting like a portfolio effectively on Instagram and stuff that reasonably new, would you say? Yeah, t- to me it's my portfolio. Really. Yeah, so relatively new in that sense. Yeah. And to me, I don't really see the benefit of people seeing how many likes are on a photo no. for me. And I, I'm not interested because actually what you find is there's so many hubs and pages that are paid promotions oh, that I'm actually sick of those. They, you they, don't they need. They paint a dirty picture. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the thing of, you know, DM us to find out how to get featured. And it, it's basically <laughs> pay us money yeah. and we'll feature your photo. And to me, that's, you know... I've probably, newspaper for nothing ar- still. Arguably, it's probably more effective than a paid Instagram promotion because oh, yes. they're a waste of bloody space most but of the not, time. We're but not, we're not saying that they're both you know, either or equal yet. Exactly. So, yeah. Anyway, that was a bit of a tangent. Should we go on to the final Good question? Of Final question because we're about an hour and a half-ish in. We've and, asked uh, this everybody. So everybody has had this. So, ultimate travel question. Any camera, any lens, any location, why? Go. I would probably actually take my current camera just because I know it and I don't oh. have to have any time lost on that travel journey 
to learn something new. He's being very uh, adult I about this. He is. I, like <laughs> no, I, 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 I appreciate this. I, to be honest, I, I'm not a gear freak. Mm. And to be honest, I used very minimal settings and I don't go into all those menus, the horrible menus. Just as well, really. Said, yeah. <laughs> get lost and never, lost. Can never find lost. a way out. Yeah. I use my... Just turn it off and back on again. The triangle, and that's what I go with. If I start looking at other cameras, I'll start to want to buy something so I don't look at it. No, I look at it, but no, I'll buy no, a camera, well. don't look at it for three years. <laughs> um, lenses might be a bit different, but... Um, on the last leg and then you look. But I, I think for me, it would have to be... Most people know me and know I love travelling. Um, I'd probably have to go. I wasn't going to say China then. Something like Japan or something like that. And Japan's high up on my list. Do a landscape side of things. So mm. it probably wouldn't be portraits to yeah. be fair. Yeah. Fair play. On, on the you know, paddy fields, the rice fields, yeah, yeah. or the mountains in the background. Fuji, that backdrop. Yeah. That'd be cool. Mm. Could be a Fuji lens. Yeah. Though, uh, sorry, camera could be a Fuji camera. Japan just has yeah. such a beautiful landscape. Um, Different. Uh, and then I think. You could go to Tokyo then and do mm. all the neon lights the and stuff, stuff like yeah. that. And I'd love to do Nat, Nat Geo, I think National Geographic. If I could be a photographer, that'd be amazing. But do that's a dream, yeah. Underwater. Oh, cool. to me that would be the pinnacle yeah. of. So whatever underwater cameras are out there. Well, you just use a housing, can't you? Well, yeah, yeah. Get your housing for your current one, so you don't have to learn a new learn one. Learn how to dive. Learn a, a small, small. Problem. Right. Small problem. Yeah. Small problem. Yeah. Little bit, little bit, of, little bit of a stumbling block if you can't see <laughs> that. So. But yeah. the, I think that I love the underwater for some reason. But um, mm. I, I'd love to do that. Uh, and yeah, it probably wouldn't be portraits other than of animals. So that is that is interesting actually. So that's, that's bears. It. I love bears. You love bears. <laughs> so like, well, maybe even possibly like Alaska or something like that. Oh. Yeah. Well, I've been to Canada. Two I'd, sides of the I'd different s- countries. Love to move there and uh, get a log cabin and. Adopt a bear. Ooh. Fair enough. That could be That's such a cute little just imagine, cute little just imagine how nice your landscapes would be with a snow-covered cabin. Yeah. Yeah. So and then you bear. just yeah. just you, d- bear. you know you just enjoy the landscape. Although for what snow's it is. hard to take pictures of. Yeah. Let's get it right. But yeah. it's well the exposure. I'd, I'd learn. Blows everything I'd learn. out. You'd get YouTube right. in a cabin. Absolutely. It's all right. Yeah. As long as I broadband. As long as you got broadband, you're all good. Fiber up to the cabin. Yeah. Absolutely. So. But yeah, so actually, uh, that kind of brings us to the end of uh, today's Nicely episode with Phil. Yeah. So, Thank Phil, you. just remind people uh, where they can find you on uh, social media. Yeah, so I'm Phil Layton um, on social media, mainly Instagram and Twitter, to be honest, um, is Phil D. Layton. Um, that's where you can find me. Go check me out. Give me a few likes. Mm. DM me. Give him a shoot. follow. DM me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to shoot with him, models, definitely recommend it. Yes, and uh, yeah, so thank you very much for coming on. I think we can all agree we've thank had a really good chat. Mm-hmm. It's been very wholesome, as I like to keep saying. Wholesome. wholesome. That was a good, wholesome nice podcast. Hi. It always reminds me of food, mm. especially bread. Yeah, I was going to say it definitely isn't anything to the like many packets of monster munch. I've got leftover lasagna. I'm very excited. Yeah, this this podcast is fueled by monster munch. And lemon and cake, iced tea, and iced tea because Josh <laughs> likes iced tea. No ice in it, <laughs> but, yeah. but with no ice. But yeah, you no won't ice. get it unless you're here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> until next time, thank you very much for listening. I've been John Willis at J R E Willis. Josh Deakin at Mister Josh Deakin. Billy at Beef Out UK. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you again, Phil. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye.